0: Hi, this is Ashley. And this is Megan, and we are the MITO podcast. Um, so, we're coming to you today to talk about um, the UMDF yesterday did a MITO, ask the MITO doc call, and they talked um, strictly about COVID and the coronavirus. Um, so, we're going to talk a little bit about that since it pertains to everything that's happening right now. Um, and I took some notes on the call, and then we're also going to post a link to the call. It's recorded, so if you want to go back and listen to it um, and you have any questions or anything like that, you can do that through the UMDF website as well.
1: And also, just to let all of our listeners know, we are doing this uh, podcast from our own homes, so we are not in the same room. We're trying to start for the first time and see how it goes. Um, but we 're expecting that social distancing something that we're familiar with, but we haven't had to um, combat with this podcast yet, so
0: um,
1: hopefully everything will go smooth and you can hear everything and if not, let us know
0: <laughs> exactly yes, this is a virtual <laughs> a virtual experience, our first. <laughs> um so uh just introducing it this so they had four doctors which um if you've ever been to the symposiums or anything like that they're for the top specialists it's dr goldstein dr cohen dr kendall and dr parikh um and so they kind of went back and forth and just talked um about some of their different views on certain questions it's all about uh, questions that the audience posed to them um and i think one of the things to just stress first of all is that they really just said Um, this is such an unknown virus. Um, It's something that obviously has uh, not been around before. And so they don't have a lot of information. There's not a lot of data about it. Um, There's obviously not any research on it, um, except for what we're getting from the other countries um, and how their uh, people have actually been handling the virus. Um, So I think the first thing is actually one of the questions that, oh yes.
1: Yeah. Sorry, Actually, I think I'll just raise my hand every time so you know.
0: Yeah, I can see you. <laughs> um, I
1: can see you. <laughs> um, so one thing I, I think would is interesting about COVID-19 being a virus that we don't know much about is that we can kind of relate to that because Mito is something that still a lot of people don't know about and we have to rely on our counterparts in different countries and research from different countries. We have to kind of all work together to figure this out, which is the same thing that we have to do for mitochondrial diseases, right?
0: That's true. I didn't even think about that. But yeah, that's exactly it. Just having something so unknown and just trying to look at how other mitopatients react. Um, Right now they said there aren't any mitopatients in the U.S. at least that um, have contracted the the, uh, virus. Um, so they don't know particularly how this is going to affect Mito. But like you said, there's so many unknowns about Mito in general that, you know, even if one person had it and, you know, had certain symptoms, it might affect somebody totally different. So, um, but the, I think the, the first thing they wanted to stress is that if for some reason a Mito patient does contract it, and this is um, a child or an adult, um, they just pretty much said it's kind of the same thing it really just needs to be treated like how we treat every illnesses, every illness. Um, It's very much like if a Mito patient uh, got the flu or something like that, um, that you need to do the things that you would normally do when you actually get ill. Um, And they also said it really depends because Mito is so all over the place with, um, you know, whether you have different, you know, which organ systems are actually affected by your Mito or how you react personally to getting ill. Some people that have Mito, it, you know, having a cold or having the flu maybe doesn't affect them as much as someone else like my son. Um, So it just, it really right now, all they're saying is just to do what you would normally do if you actually got sick. Um, so I think that's important. They did say, um, if you are someone that has bleeds, which we've talked about before, just because that seems to be a more severe form of mitochondrial disease, um, that one of the things that they would definitely suggest is, um, if you do have to go into the hospital, um, and usually someone with bleeds probably would, once again, I'm not a doctor, I'm just relaying the information, but the intravenous fluids and things like that are really really helpful um so they they were highly concerned about most mito patients but they definitely at the beginning stressed um if you are a least disease um patient that it is more likely that you will be seriously affected just because you're more affected with mito at that point i guess i would say that may not be saying it correct right right yeah um and then so they were also really stressing about how dangerous it is to go to the ER, right? We're thinking, you know, that all these patients are, you know, going to the emergency room. And, um, if you go there and say you don't have coronavirus, you might be exposed to it. So they were saying that, um, definitely that you need to really think about your symptoms. Um, they said, if you can't control a fever at home, if you have difficulty breathing, um, Those things, if you are somebody that's vomiting and has diarrhea, which apparently is um, some of the symptoms as well, and you can't control uh, keeping down fluids, that those are things that are a great concern that you might um, need to take yourself to the emergency room. But if you are someone that tolerates illness or you have, you know, the cough that everybody's talking about, but you're still breathing okay, um, that going to the ER isn't necessarily the best place if you have Mito unless your symptoms are much more um, severe. And they said that one of the other important things is that the Mito patients that are gonna be more susceptible are the ones that are, have Mito and are immunocompromised, that have broad system complications, um, that have trouble with hydration. So um, more patients that are tube fed or are TPN, and then just overall mito patients that are um, more frail medically, or if you have mito and diabetes, apparently diabetes is one of the big um, diseases that is definitely being affected by this. So if those are kind of your situation, um, those are things that they said they would be more concerned about if you did catch um, the coronavirus or COVID-19, um, so that was, that was definitely eye-opening. I mean, I know we see this all the time and a lot of our kids are immunocompromised or, you know, the adults and um, have multi-system issues. So, you know, we know that this is definitely not going to be our friend. Um, So we're just, you know, taking as many precautions as you can.
1: I think um, it's hard. And I know that a lot of us, already know what it feels like to I know we were talking about making this into two podcasts but maybe we should just, <laughs> do one. just go through one <laughs> yeah, um it's hard quarantining is hard it, it, I think the day that you get your diagnosis um all these thoughts go through your head that you are not familiar with and I think the whole world at this point is is having those thoughts and um they're not, I can't say the whole world is necessarily exactly in our, in our shoes, but, but they're getting a a small taste of it. And, uh, two things. One, if you have a Mito family member, Uh, hydration is is so important. Um, it's more difficult for someone with Mito to keep hydrated than I think it is for a, um, uh, a different or for other people mm-hmm. um so constantly push fluids um even if that means um we were, I was just talking to uh, Christina the other day and she was saying how she was making the girls uh, drink more and more water and keeping them hydrated and how many diapers that they're going through and uh-huh. <laughs> I know that, that is going to be hard for a lot of people because you rely on those diapers um with because insurance pays for them the older your child gets Um, that's something that insurance takes care of. Um, but that means that you're also not getting, um, a a constant flow of diapers too. Mm -hmm. Um, And just with everyone at this point with keeping things in stock and going to the grocery store and and buying up stuff, remember that there's, there's children and adults who need those supplies that might not be able to get them now. Mm -hmm. Um, not that they weren't stocked before, but now you're going through them so much quicker.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um,
1: And I already forgot my second point. So
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's okay. Well, I'll hopefully you'll remember and I'll talk about what they said a little bit for precautions. So, um, they were pretty adamant about if you had Mito that you absolutely should self isolate. Um, they said no going to the grocery store, no going out to pick up things to utilize, Um, online services and family and friends that can, you know, pick up things for you. Um, And they said, which, you know, like you said, we are so familiar with a lot of this stuff, not necessarily not going to the grocery store, but um, that's a little bit of a change, I think. Um, But anything that comes into your house, wiping it down with Clorox um, and just making sure you're washing your hands and doing all of that. And those are very much things that we've, we've always done.
1: Actually, that was my second point was that um, I, as Mito families, even though that you're, you're used to this, um, for the families that, so I guess what I'm trying to say is even if you directly, if someone's listening to this and you don't have someone in your household that has Mito, but you know someone that does, you have to keep in mind that they are even more quarantined than they were before. They cannot see everybody. There's a very selective few that should be allowed into the household just for precaution-wise. It's not saying that they don't want you there. It's not saying that they don't want your help. It's that they can't have it. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to protect their child or, or their family member. And it's really hard to tell your mom or your dad no you can't come over or a friend no you can't come over um we were in that position a few times when we had angie and it was horrible it was horrible to have to tell somebody no or uh if you traveled from far away not being allowed in the house like it sucks (laughs) try to not put those people in that position to where they have to question it or that they have to tell you no because it's so uncomfortable and everybody is going through so much right now that um that's just one aspect that we can we can take away <laughs> does that make sense
0: yeah no absolutely i mean it's usually we're very much like oh okay well if you're sick and all our friends and family know if you're sick absolutely stay away but now it's like it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if you're sick it doesn't i mean it matters but i'm saying now it's everybody um i know my parents were wanting to come down for easter and you know i'm like mom no it's it's you guys have to drive down here, you know, you make stops, you expose yourself, you know, much more than we do. And it's just, it's, you know, you don't like saying no. And it does make you feel awkward. I had a few situations with Troy's birthday, you know, where you want people to be there, but it's like, you feel no matter how many times and how I think I'm just protecting my child's life. And nobody else really understands unless they live this life, but it does, it it does hurt us. It does make us feel bad. Um, when we have to say no to people or, you know, cancel things. Um, and, but yet we've been doing this for a long time. Um, but it's just now it's like, it doesn't even matter if you're healthy. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just, you can't come in. I mean, we have people, um, my husband, parents dropping off, you know, groceries and things and they drop them off on our garage and we wave from the window. And, you know, it's like, we just can't take any chances. It's, it's our Mido, whether it's your child or your husband or brother sister whatever, it's their lives it depends on this stuff and it, it is it's a very it's very hard and we just hope that you know people understand and sometimes I'm very like well if they don't I'm hurting because I had to tell you no so if you don't understand I, can't. I don't know what else you know you don't know what else to do yeah so yeah, yeah it, it is a little different this time but we have had to do that kind of thing for a long time
1: yeah. So I think it's just important for people to understand. Be respectful. And um some people might not have the courage or the strength to tell you no. And they might open their home up to you. And that also is gonna feel pretty crummy because they're going to be on this this moral part of that of, of life where they feel guilty for letting you in. Mm-hmm. That's not to say for everybody, but just keep, keep mindful of it. Even if someone tells you yes, think about it again. Yeah, they might, they might just, they might just not have the courage to tell you no.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And they, one of the things that they were talking about on the webcast was, um, because some people have, you know, healthcare workers that actually come in and help to take care of, um, you know, the mito patients. And that's, you know, something that how, how do you handle that? Um, Because it's necessary, it's a necessary need. Um, And they were just talking about that you, you know, just have to have to make sure that you remind that person, if they have any symptoms or, you know, um, washing their hands before they, but touch anything, but you know, it's, it's taking a chance no matter what, but there are going to be situations where um, healthcare workers come in or, you know, sometimes there are situations where, parents have to work and they have to leave the home. Um, And one of the doctors was saying how he literally um, changes his clothes out in the garage, gets completely naked, washes his hands outside, does the Clorox wipes, leaves his clothes in a bag. And he says, he tells his kids to close his eyes and he runs, runs through the house and takes a shower, you know? So, you know, there are going to be situations where, you know, families are doing the best they can, but they still have to somehow go outside of the house and, You know you just have to be very careful um because they were talking about how the virus will live on clothes and surfaces and you know any shipping packages and things so you know we just have to go from level 10 to level 100 right now with just being safe
1: i have so many boxes sitting on my front
0: porch right now (laughs) so do we (laughs) When Tony ordered some um, popcorn and it's sitting out there, and I'm like, ah, it's pretty, probably pretty good for two more days. <laughs> we don't need the popcorn right now.
1: <laughs> I have like a, a box of gloves that I've had since uh, Angie, and um, I, most of the time I just go and grab one of those, <laughs> rip it open, throw the package out, and grab what's inside.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's what we've been doing too. So it's and
1: depending on what it is, it might just go straight into the garage and something. Uh-huh.
0: yeah it's definitely if it's not needed um but the webcast was I mean it was it was very informative but it just can't come they came back around to the fact that you know they just really don't know a lot about this virus right now and um they're saying that even though um you know the regular population may be told that it's you know safe to come out of quarantine or isolation they said for the mito population it's going to be know months after that um and and we all know because we're more vulnerable and until there's a vaccine or an antiviral drug or um something like that we're still you know not going to want our mito patients to contract this um virus so it's it's going to be a long haul but um you know we all do what we have to do to keep our our family safe and healthy so yeah but I can definitely say when coming from a parent um, that this we I think we have the stress all the time especially flu season it's like you have flu season that goes by and you know it gets to March and April where it starts to decline and you're like yes we can start you know doing a few more things and and now it's like this came around and we're even a more lockdown which the lockdown doesn't bother me it's just really the stress of worrying about whether or not my son, Troy, would, you know, he would get the disease and or what and what would happen. And it's just, you know, I will be honest, the first probably week or two, I was so stressed out that I was probably making myself sense sick in a sense, like my body was aching. And I just with all the media and the news and just so worried, um, It's just, it's really hard because we already have this level of worry every day and now it's just really heightened. So I think that's another thing that they um, kind of talked about in the webcast too that, you know, do the best you can and we have to stay calm and, you know, do what we're doing. And it's just, it really is not being bombarded by the news or the media and maybe limiting that if it's something that's really affecting you and just, you know, trying to spend this time with your family and, just hoping that things are going to turn out, you know, the best. And then, you know, if somebody does get the virus, you know, taking the actions that you know to take. And they did say that, um, well, one of the things that they talked about was doctor's appointments. Um, people were really worried about a lot of the doctor appointments that they have scheduled. Um, and they said that a lot of the doctors are doing teleconferencing. Um, so they said, unless your doctor's appointment is, like medically crucial, they said to just call your doctor and see that if you can, you know, do a video conference or even a phone conference with them over the phone. Um, and that that is what they're recommending right now. I mean, obviously, if you had um, something happen that you actually had to get to the doctor in the hospital, um, that's one thing. But if it's not crucial, they said to definitely call your doctor and see if there's um, another way that you can keep that appointment or reschedule. So, and that's what we've done with a lot of Troy's things.
1: Um, going back and just touching on uh, what you were t- saying about uh, people coming into the home um, medically, like um, therapists or educators. Uh, I know for a lot of families, that's pretty much stopped. Or, excuse me, a lot of Mito families, um, that's stopped because, well, for numerous reasons. But. Um, I can say that when for Angie, <clears throat> and I know not everyone has this ability to do so, but I bought everything that we needed um and or I made what we needed <laughs> uh, and I only had our therapists and educators use those items unless there was something that i I couldn't buy, um but we made sure that every toy was wiped down before Angie touched it because you don't know um, with with uh, with that profession you're seeing so many different families in a day and you don't know how like going back to like this virus you don't know who has been in contact with 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 who or with what and so all of those items um, would have to be completely wiped down but now Um, it is scary to think about all of those services not being um, that you can't use those services right now. One being you might lose them. I'm sure for some people, because if you're not actively using that resource, they they'll take it away from you. Mm -hmm. Um, And two, it it gives a parent a break sometimes, even if it's just 30 minutes or an hour. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean like, it's your time to go do you. Because, yeah. But, <laughs> but like with Angie, well, I would.
0: Laundry. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, I would sit with Angie like through every single lesson and every single therapy session. But it was really nice to interact with that other person with her. No,
0: that's true. You didn't
1: have to leave her, but it was just nice to have a change with somebody. And I'm sure Angie would get like bored of me too. I always felt bad for her, because so I'm like, I'm sure you do not want to see my mug anymore. <laughs> You're with me
0: 24-7. <laughs> I know. Well, that's funny. Um, because Troy does have a teacher that comes into the home, and obviously that's not happening right now. So mom is now a teacher, which a lot of parents are having to do, which has nothing to do with having a Mito child. Um, and so it's, it's just, it's very funny. At first, I was not sure if it would work out, if he would just, you know, and not really want to do some of the lessons and things with me, but he's actually been doing really well. But you see so many of those funny memes where, you know, parents, Oh, I saw saw the funniest one today that actually Christina posted that had to do with a mom walking out and taking off her, like my, my child is, is amazing, is an amazing student bumper sticker off of her car. And it was (laughs) homeschooling, you know, it's, it's definitely, you know, it's, it, this is a challenge for parents to have to step into these roles. And granted, I'm a teacher, so, you know, it's a little more natural for me, um, but I te- taught middle school, not <laughs> not elementary. But um, they also said on the web- webinar, you know, not to beat yourself up, to do the best that you can with your kids. And this is just such a different time um, that you just do the best that you can. But a lot of, you know, homeschooling is going on right now. And, you know, like you said, um, before for me, um, that was the time that I would definitely get, get some things done. Um, because if I was sitting with it, with, uh, Troy and his teacher, I was such a distraction. So I always had to be in another room listening. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's that break or that interaction with somebody else. Um, and so, you know, that's going to be missed. And, you know, for some of our kids that get therapies and things like that, it's like that, that is so important. And, you know, they're not getting that right now. So it's really, you know, up to the parents. And so just for parents to just take it day by day and do the best that you can, you know, keep your kid healthy and they, they will come back from this, you know, it's just trying to keep your child healthy. So, right. Yeah. So I even, um, we have a mutual friend and she was talking about, you know, her two boys are autistic and, um, the different therapies and things and just the schedules and, you know i've seen all the things that they're posting and trying to do school and it's it's amazing what parents can do you know yeah. they you know when you need to step up for your child you know you do
1: yeah. and you adapt i think um going back to what i said earlier when you first get that the that diagnosis and you realize all of the things that you can't have anymore or that you can't do which is what i think everyone is experiencing regardless of having a Mito child but you figure it out you fill those shoes and you you can do this you will do this Mm -hmm. you don't have a choice that your child and that you like you said that they um commented like you just do the best that you can and don't be hard on yourself and it's that's not easy you're always going to have that voice in the, in the back of your head telling you that you've done horrible or you can, or you you could do so much better or whatever, but you just do what you can. And if you feel at the end of the day, it could have gone better tomorrow. That's what you do. You Mm -hmm. figure it out, go on Pinterest, talk to um, other parents or someone like everybody knows at within their circles at least one teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's got to be resources out there for you. And, and Mido-wise, um, there, are, there are a lot of great resources. You just have to find them, mm-hmm. uh, it's both with therapy and um, uh, I lost my train of thought.
0: <laughs> well, with lots of things, you know, like you were saying. Education, therapy. sorry. <laughs> And and people are actually doing. I mean, I have a lot of teachers in my inner circle, um, but people are out there and they're sharing information. So, I mean, they have um, the museums that are doing virtual tours, and I mean, there's so many links that I keep seeing online that people are just really trying to come together to give parents, um, you know, different things that their kids can do while they're at home and to help them with the schooling and different things. So, I mean, I'm even enjoying all the musicians that are playing their concerts live, you know, from their little home studio, you know, it's like tune in at four o'clock today. And it's like, you know, there's so much going on right now that even though, you know, we're having to make these different sacrifices that maybe we haven't made before that there's just a lot of different outlets and people that are stepping up to help. So, yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty interesting and amazing.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Was there anything else on the call that you thought would
0: be? Uh, Let me look at my notes here. Um, Oh, they did say one thing about testing. Um, I know that we're in San Diego and we have a couple of places that are doing the drive-through testing, um, which is kind of random, but it was at the end of my notes. But it said that um, if you can not go to an emergency room to get tested, um, just to limit your exposure that definitely to try and get it at one of the drive up testing um, just to make sure, because if you don't have it and you go into the emergency room um, that you are more likely to be exposed to it. Um, right. so that was one of the things. Um, one thing um, I didn't, so
1: to clarify, I didn't listen to the, to the, um, the call because I wanted to be able to talk uh, on this podcast without any knowledge about what was going on so that I could ask questions that may pop up to someone who's listening to our podcast. Um, But uh, one thing to add that I don't know if this was mentioned or not, but if you have a Mito um, family member and they do start to have any symptoms of something that's irregular for them, uh, call ahead of time to the ER and speak to a nurse and a doctor first before you head over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, one reason is uh, just to explain the symptoms. And two, um, they they will most likely let you go in without having to sit in the ER. You could go straight into a room and not be exposed to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, when uh, it's It's very ironic that this is all happening right now. Um, because this (laughs) is,
0: here we go. You know, we said we couldn't do a podcast without this. So, (laughs) um,
1: this is the exact time that we lost Angie Mm -hmm. and we're coming up on our, uh, one year without her. And it's so hard to say anniversary because it's not happy. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't know another phrase or word to use for it, but um, this is what happened to us last year. And um, it's just so weird because it was literally almost to the day. Because Angie, we went in um, at night on March 16th. And March 17th, we were in the ICU under isolation because of the flu from last year. And uh it we this is just it's just crazy, but at the same time, if this could come at a at any time in the year, I'm actually very thankful that it's happening right now because it is so much easier to handle emotions and and life being at home and working from home than having to be in an office. Nice. Um, and I know I'm not surrounded by a lot of people when I'm in the office, but it's it's very difficult to like look at her pictures um, that are all hanging up and you go through your, your moments where it just hits you. And um, I'm just really glad that I get to be home right now. (laughs) And this is, maybe this could be like a annual thing where I just take this. There
0: (laughs) you go. It's the Angie vacation.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Angie's quarantine. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: But, uh, so we we called ahead of time to the hospital and we talked to the doctor and so by the time we got there there was some confusion when we got in even though we had a letter stating um, we can't be in the um, excuse me in the waiting room um, but they were still quick about it I've been I've been in ER waiting waiting rooms and we were maybe there for 15 minutes and um, so that was quick in relation to the hours that you could be waiting. Um, But definitely call ahead, let them know that you're coming, let them know what's going on and that your child or family member has Mito and that they cannot wait. Um, and usually a doctor will um, side with you and you won't have, you'll be able to be in, a, in an isolated room
0: away. From mm-hmm. And you know, that time, I'm so glad you brought that up because they did mention that um, they mentioned um, calling your specialist and having them call the doctor or your your uh, or having them call the ER or your pediatrician whoever is um deals with you but that's good too i you know just calling the emergency room directly um and letting them know because i'm sure especially right now um i know we're not at any sort of heightened point with this virus but um you know letting them know so they can do the best that they can to make sure that if you have Mito or your child has Mito, that you are not exposed to. They said that they're actually, they're seeing a lot in emergency rooms where they're separating them to where if you have a fever or a cough, they're literally isolating those people um, and even just the waiting room. And then they're having the um, people that don't have that type of emergency on the other side, um, which is better. um, But still with Mito, I know, you know, the, few times that Troy has been to the emergency room, um, you know, and we, it was, you know, earlier in his lifetime, thank goodness, but we didn't know what to do, but we knew that he couldn't be exposed. So, you know, I would just have whoever was with me, wait outside with him, but, you know, they wouldn't, they had to actually see him where you registered. So we would always have to bring him in. And, you know, I was always adamant about he has to be in his own room. um, And most of the time we didn't have too many issues. I think once this virus really gets going, that might be a little bit more difficult for the hospitals, but it is always worth you advocating for your child or, you know, your family member to, they need this. This is necessary. We are the medically fragile. We are the ones that this is going to unfortunately be much more complicated than just the normal person, healthy person.
1: And one more thing to add before, um, before we we sign off. Um, Every mito patient should have a ER letter. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you need to talk to your doctor, email them immediately, call them, do what you need to, to contact them. You need to have a letter from them, from your, your, your specialist that says exactly what Megan and I are talking about. Um, if you don't have one, um, I'm sure you can Google examples. I know that both of us had one and have multiple copies yes i know it's not it's hard to have a go bag but maybe keep one in your in your glove box put yeah. one in your purse, put one on your wall always have it on you a hundred percent of the time if you have a baby bag put it in there um the letter will state uh that your child your child's name um what mitochondrial disease that they have and that uh, they cannot uh, wait for um, to be serviced at a hospital or at the in the emergency room and that they need to be seen right away.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it usually, and you know what, to be honest, it's so interesting because until we all came together and started talking about, I don't know, the Mital Moms on the Facebook, I didn't have an emergency letter for Troy until his last year and he's 12. I didn't know about that. And, you know, you think you're, getting all your ducks in a row all the time, but it was something that I didn't have. And I immediately emailed his mitochondrial metabolic doctor and, um, they sent me one. Um, and I have it in every glove compartment of anybody that comes into contact with Troy. I have it in my purse. Um, it's in his little backpack that, um, we take with us everywhere. And, you know, because you never, you never know, you never know when something could possibly happen. Um, and you know, that's, that's really important. And I didn't even know about having something like that. It was just more me yelling out everything. He has this, 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 and this is what we need. And this is what we have to do. And this this is doctors. And that makes it much easier, especially in those situations where you're in the ER. It's not about being, you know, you're not calm, you know, you're stressed, you're worried. And if you have it all right there in a letter, it just, it makes it so much easier and it spells it out for the doctors so that that is yeah definitely good advice yeah
1: well if uh, if anyone has any questions or if you have any comments if you have any ideas for future podcasts please reach out to us you can email us at mitopodcast at gmail.com you can find us on facebook for Mito podcast, as well as Instagram. Yes.
0: Um, And and we, once again, we will put um, a link to the Mito doc, um, uh, what we just talked about with uh, the COVID-19 so that you can listen to the whole thing yourself. It's about an hour and a half long. Um, And then the UMDF is a great uh, website as well for any information um, regarding this. They're updating um, things. They said every couple days things are changing so they're keeping it updated so thank you so much for listening to us and um, we will be coming to you virtually again very soon
1: yeah have stays safe and healthy
0: yes thank you bye-bye